from the Tigers' sideline. It's Tigers Talk with Memphis broadcasting legend Greg Gaston. Hear Greg weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant and Brett. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Johnny with you, and Greg Gaston joins us to start our third and final hour of the day. Greg Gaston, uh, he joins us every day, brought to you by Tiger, uh, from the Tiger sidelines, I should say, and brought to you every single week by Jim's Place in Carryville, the law offices of Stephen Leffler, Mount Moriah Auto Sales, and Neal's Bar and Grill. Also, Brought to you by Oak Court Salon. Sports 56 listeners get 25% off at Oak Court Salon. Ashley Waddell and Lane LaScola are expert stylists at Oak Court, and they're giving Sports 56 listeners 25% off their first appointment. That's right. Cuts, color, highlights, balayage, Brazilian blowouts, and split-in treatments. Book today and save 25% off at sports56.glossgenius.com. Like I said, Greg Gaston joins us now to talk Tigers and uh, a big day tomorrow for the Memphis Tiger football team as they take on Iowa State in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. A lot of festivities today downtown. I know the parade uh, took place a couple hours ago and before that Iowa State had a pep rally at AutoZone Park. Um, I saw this on uh, on Jonah Dillon's Twitter page, Jonah Dillon from the Commercial Appeal. Looked like a really good turnout for Iowa State. What do you expect to see from the Iowa State fans, we know how well they travel. Do you expect a big Iowa State crowd tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, good afternoon, gentlemen, and, afternoon. and happy holidays to everyone, all our listeners. Yeah, I expect it to be a good crowd. It won't be the crowd we saw in 2017 mm-hmm. when Iowa State played Memphis in the uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl game, but I think it will be a very good crowd. Obviously, looking at that picture and some of the video, it seemed like uh, it, it's going to be a nice contingent of Iowa State fans. Mm-hmm. It will be a nice contingent of Memphis fans as well, and then there's the people that support the game each and every year that will be there. Just make sure you you bundle up tomorrow. It'll be a cold day, but hopefully a a lot of fun. And it's uh, yeah, it was a busy day. The parade hopefully went off without a hitch. I was unable to go down there. I had actually I had coaches meetings, Brian. Mm. So just uh, wrapped up the coaches meetings for the game tomorrow. I could tell you that. Uh, the Tigers are fired up to get this opportunity to play a Big 12 team. Absolutely, and and we learned some uh, from some more from Ryan Silverfield earlier today as he uh, that both coaches had their press conference earlier today and talking about uh, some of the guys we could see play uh, tomorrow because of opt-outs, transfer portal, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, Ryan Silverfield said true freshman, offensive lineman uh, Malachi Breland uh, could see some action tomorrow. Uh, Ryan Silverfield said he's done a really nice job all season. It's hard for a true freshman O-lineman to play. Uh, Malachi's done a fa- uh, phenomenal job. Uh, what do you, What will we see tomorrow uh, on the offensive line? We know the transfer portals and, and, and some guys being out. What do you expect to see with the offensive line play tomorrow afternoon? I expect Malachi Breland to not only play, but to start in that game. Wow. Uh, also, I think you'll see a little bit of movement. Xavier Hill will be moved over, but mm-hmm. you'll have Gamble back. Jacob Likes in his final game will be playing center. So you're going to have guys that you're familiar with. And, you know, talking to the coaches, obviously the couple of starters, Damian Carter and McKaylin Pounders that left, it's, it's disappointing, but it's also understandable in this day and age of the transfer portal. But they feel very confident in who 
will be suiting up tomorrow. So I don't believe that they feel it's going to be that much of a difference that while it is a little bit of a hit, it won't be that detrimental to the team. Yeah, and we learned uh, yesterday we've been wondering who was going to take over defensive coordinator duties for uh, this bowl game uh, with Matt Barnes leaving for Mississippi State. Sounds like uh, Jordan Hankins uh, will fill in tomorrow in the bowl game. What do you expect to see from this defense? Because we know when a coordinator leaves, when a coach leaves for a new place, you could see uh, some guys maybe you know feel a little disappointed about that, but then also when you have an interim step in, you could also see those guys rally around that coach and really play all out. This is a defense that has struggled at times this season, giving up kind of big chunk plays um, against a a really good and explosive Iowa State offense. Um, What do you expect the defense to look like tomorrow? Yeah, look, it'll be a big challenge for the defense, but when you have Coach Hankins and you have Coach Pope and Coach Mm -hmm. Clark, you have guys that have been with this program for several years now, the players know who these guys are. It's not like somebody came from the outside and they threw them in as an interim defensive coordinator. So I'm sure while they're disappointed uh, but happy for Matt Barnes that he was able to get a new gig at Mississippi State, they're going to be just fine. It's going to be the same system. There might be a tweak or two, but there's not much you can do. In a short period of time, even a couple of weeks in preparation or whatever it was, you're not going to overhaul and revamp the system. It is what it is. You got to go out there. You got to play well. You got to beat your man in man to man situations. You have to tackle better. You have to cover better. It's up to the players now. The scheme will be pretty much the same. Uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, against Iowa State. What have you learned about this Iowa State team? What sticks out to you for them? And what should, uh, should Memphis fans expect to see if they, if they haven't watched this Iowa State team this year? Big physical, Big 12 team, good defense. Well-coached, well-disciplined, huge offensive line. I mean, huge offensive line. they got four or five tight ends, and one's bigger than the next. So they will try to pound the ball right at Memphis. There's going to be no trickery. They'll line up those receivers uh, or those tight ends as receivers sometimes, and they'll throw it down the field. But this is not some fireworks offense that's going to be chucking it up and down the field. This is a team that's old-school smash-mouth football. They're going to say, basically, tackle us. If you tackle us, mm-hmm. we'll figure out something. If you don't tackle us, we're going to run for daylights. they got a running back now who took over the starting job, who's a redshirt freshman, yeah. who averages, I believe it's 8.5 yards per carry. Wow. So that's pretty good. And they have a quarterback in uh, Becht who is he's established himself as a redshirt freshman. So these are young guys, but they have the experience of having played in some big games this year. So, again, I don't think you're going to try to reinvent the wheel. If you're Iowa State, you're going to go into this game and do the things that gave you the success to, to be in this position in the first place. Well, I think I saw earlier today a uh, 10.5-point uh, favorite Iowa State yeah. is tomorrow afternoon. What do you expect the final score to look like? Do you think that the Tigers can cover tomorrow? I mean, that's a, a big number for a team playing a, a bowl game in their home stadium, it seems. Yeah, that's a, that's a big challenge. That line continues to go up. Mm-hmm. So Vegas obviously does not have a lot of faith in the hometown Tigers. A lot will depend on whether or not the Tigers tackle. Yeah. And we know this year there have been some issues at times tackling. Because, again, you've got a big bowling ball running back coming at you with big offensive linemen trying to t- pancake you. So if they're able to run the ball successfully, I, I think it'll be very tough for the Tigers to win the football game. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they can... Within ten and a half, they've had a lot of close games. They've played 
the better teams on their schedule very close, like Missouri and, and Tulane. I, I think certainly they have a great chance to, to hang in there. But if they can tackle and play better on defense, which is a lot to ask for because, again, they've had their issues, then I think we could have quite the game. I'll love it if we have anything close to what we saw in 2017 oh, yeah. when Memphis almost pulled it off. But think about this. In that game against Iowa State, Memphis only able to score 20. Iowa State was only able to score 21. But there were 11 players from that Tigers team that played in the NFL or are still playing in the NFL. 11 wow. players. Wow. And when you look at the team this year, you wonder, you know, who's a possibility of playing in the NFL. Yeah. It's a lot different as far as the personnel is concerned that was in that particular game. But, again, in that game, they were only able to score 20 points. So mm-hmm. scoring will be at a premium, and they are going to have to take advantage of any mistakes that Iowa State makes. The problem is they don't make too many mistakes. Yeah, well, I'm excited for that one tomorrow afternoon, uh, 2.30 kickoff uh, and uh, on ESPN so it'll be a lot of fun uh, talking to Greg Gaston he joins us every week to talk Tigers on the Tiger sidelines also you can catch him on this station every single morning with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli switching gears uh, to the Tigers basketball team uh, another win for the Tigers a little uh, a little scary uh, for some fans maybe uh, that in the building against Vanderbilt as uh, Vanderbilt kept it pretty close the Vanderbilt team that had really really struggled but to me at least and I don't know what you saw Greg it seemed like a team that just ran through a gauntlet where they had to play three ranked teams back to back to back and then are playing a Vanderbilt team that is not very good and on top of that you're getting a couple days off right after you play Vanderbilt and I'm pretty sure a couple of those guys had plane tickets after the game to go (laughs) home and see family yeah you you hit it on the head that's exactly what I saw this is a scenario that we have seen for years, especially during the years of John Calipari. He would say it to the media all the time. He would caution them. Here's one of those games <laughs> where we're not razor-focused, yeah. so we could get upset, and this was exactly the scenario. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Vanderbilt. No. Vanderbilt played extremely well. Yeah. A couple of guys who don't usually get the type of minutes that they got, the little guard, number five, was mm-hmm. tremendous. Oh, yeah, Memphis really had no good. answer for him. So they stepped up and they, they played extremely well, which I have to give credit to Jerry Stackhouse for that team not rolling over. And mm-hmm. we'll see if they improve uh, when they get to, once they get to SEC play. But it, it's going to be certainly tough for them uh, having to play that type of schedule in conference. But they came to play on Saturday and nearly pulled it off. And that would have been a horrible loss for the Tigers. It would have been a quadrant four loss at home to a team that has struggled throughout the year, you would have given back a lot of what you have already accomplished. But the bottom line is the bottom line. No matter what the deal is, just win. And they did. And they were able to overcome a couple of guys who are less than 100% as far as their health is concerned. David Jones had to get some IVs after the game. Caleb Mills had been getting IVs for a, yeah. a couple of days leading into that game. Uh, we did see the debut of Naquan Tomlin, who did some nice things, but you could tell that he's not ready yet to mm-hmm. go. 25 or 30 minutes he's not yet in that basketball playing shape that he needs to be and Vanderbilt shot the lights out in that game they shot the ball extremely well they statistically were not supposed to do that they did they stepped up but again when it all is said and done Memphis survived they got that win they returned to practice last night I was actually over there at practice last night in preparation for Saturday's game and Saturday is another one of those deals you got New Year's Eve coming up you got Austin P, a team that 
is 7-7, seven and seven, not a bad team, but not a great team. And after this, you go right into conference play. So it's another one of those deals where if you're not sharp, you can overlook a team who has only beaten you one time in their history, but it's all about you. It's not about them. It's about you, and that's mm-hmm. what Penny was stressing uh, with these guys, to be focused, ready to go. They had their chance to go home and enjoy some time with their family, and now they need to be focused for this push towards the NCAA tournament and hopefully a great run. Greg, what most impressed you about the Tigers from that Vanderbilt win? Uh, just the fact that they were able to make the plays down the stretch and win the game, although certainly Vanderbilt had that chance to win it in the end. But Memphis was able to get some key stops defensively after Vanderbilt got off to that torrid shooting game. They were able to come back down to earth. Some of that had to do with them getting a little cold, but a lot of that had to do with Memphis as they certainly turned up the defense uh, in that second half, made it a lot tougher for Vanderbilt. Uh, I was also impressed with David Jones, who was, certainly under the weather, mm-hmm. to be able to still go for, what do you end up with, 28, Brian? 26, yeah, 28? 20, 26, I think. But it might have been 28. Great game. Yeah, to do that when you could tell he wasn't playing at his best, his shot was a little bit flat, but he got to the hole. He is really, really good at drawing fouls, getting to the hole, and making the free throws. Mm-hmm. So I would just say the perseverance, they never got down on themselves, no matter what the score was. They always felt confident they could come back and win. So that's probably what I got out of it the most. Yeah, 28 for David Jones in that game. and 28. Uh, sure. Greg, you mentioned uh, Naquan Tomlin, his first game with the Tigers, and uh, really cool scene. Uh, Johnny and I were both there at the game and, and uh, had some really good yeah. seats. And, you know, when he gets up off the bench, Penny looks over, tells him, you know, go in. He gets up. Before he even gets to the score table, people are already realizing, okay, Naquan Tomlin's coming in. People are, are getting to their feet and starting to cheer. And then when, you know, next dead ball and and he comes in gets a standing ovation everyone's super excited uh to see him with this team and then to go in first possession you know he gets the ball he swings Mm -hmm. it to the corner gets it back and knocks down a three not a great three-point shooter before uh coming to memphis but knocks down his first shot a three-pointer but as the game went on like you said did some good things but certainly looked like a player that hasn't played in a game since last March looked a little rusty at times how many games do you think it takes him to really get back to what we all saw and watched him do last year at Kansas State mm. well first of all just to, to add to your point it, it was a great moment it was a great moment for him as well yeah. and it also shows you and you, and you know this through your family Bryant and I'm sure Johnny you know this as well Memphis fans are intelligent. Yeah. They know. They knew what was happening. They have followed the story. They knew uh, he was going to get this opportunity to play more than likely in this game. They know he's not yet 100%. And to be able to just right off the bat treat him like family, like he had mm-hmm. been there the whole entire time, they embraced him. I love that about Memphis fans. And they made him feel really at home and really welcome. But I would imagine that he'll get probably 20 22 minutes uh, Saturday against Austin P. Mm-hmm. Then they turn around and they'll play their first three conference games in about a week or eight days. Yeah. So it's uh, baptism by fire. They'll be at Tulsa, home to SMU, and then UTSA uh, is a home game that I'll have the broadcast of. So I think by certainly a couple of games in the conference play, I think he'll be probably close to 100%. But I think the minutes that he'll get in these next few games will be important, along with the practices uh, that are taking place to get him up to uh, snuff and ready to go. 
going back to to me and to Johnny and I being at that game uh, the other day, uh, there was a guy sitting behind us. There was a stretch in the second half where Memphis just, oh, I mean, yeah. possession after possession would go down and, and just kind of throw up a three. And there was a guy sitting behind us that was keeping count of how many straight possessions Memphis took a three-point attempt and, and missed. missed. And I think yeah. it got up to seven or eight, and he was keeping he track behind us. He, uh, it, was, it was hilarious. Uh, but when you look at this roster, and this, you know, there's been a couple of games where three-point shooting has been an issue, and it wasn't a huge issue um, in the game against Vanderbilt. Shot 36% from three. But when you look at a guy like Ashton Hardaway, a young guy still kind of trying to find his footing at the collegiate level, do you see at any point maybe a, a good opportunity against Austin P to get some more Miz, do you see uh, anywhere where Penny Hardaway, and I guess now it's hard with Tomlin coming in, but giving Ashton more minutes to try to get a three-point shooter out on the court? Yeah, the three-point shot is not going away. I could, I could tell that guy. It's not <laughs> going away. It's part of their offense. Yeah. Dribble drive, penetration. If mm-hmm. they get to the hole, they'll get to the hole. If not, they are kicking. And they're kicking, and they're going to shoot. Yep. And Jaquan Walton is going to continue to shoot. But, yes, I, I, I love Ashton Hardaway's shot. I really do. It's building more confidence. And I think he, he's going to be, he's in the rotation. Yeah. So he's going to play. The question is, what does he do when he first enters the game, whether or not he's going to get significant minutes? He hasn't really had a lot of games where he's had significant minutes. We go back to that Michigan game uh, in the Bahamas where he was brilliant. He needs to show his dad right off the bat that he is engaged defensively. And then if he comes in, hits his first shot, makes some good plays defensively, is in the right spot, communicates well, he'll get more minutes. Mm -hmm. I I see him getting better and better as the season progresses, getting more opportunities. And I believe when it's all said and done, he will be one of the better three-point shooters. He he just has a great looking stroke. Yeah, he he really does, and it's it's fun to to watch him. I know there's some other uh, freshmen on this team, but you know he's the one that's getting minutes right now. It's fun to kind of watch him grow into the system, and and as a freshman, you're know, starting to get that confidence in his shot, and like you said, a, a really pretty jumper on him. But uh, Greg, it's going to be a fun weekend with uh, the Tigers tomorrow afternoon in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl basketball back in action over the weekend enjoy the weekend uh happy new year to you and your family we'll do it again next week thanks guys happy new year to you as well thanks greg greg gaston he joins us every single week to talk tiger football and basketball again uh, he'll be on tiger sideline tomorrow in that game uh against iowa state and you can listen to him every single morning part of sports 56 mornings with greg and eli uh, you know it's gonna be a a fun game i think uh to watch on saturday tiger should win over austin p but this is an interesting austin p team uh new coach in there and uh he brought he's from uh, northwestern state down in uh, in Louisiana yeah. and brought a lot of his guys uh, from that team with him to Austin P, including a name that a lot of people will uh, remember, Emmanuel Hansel, who is a young guy. Uh, I don't know if he redshirted or not last year. So he's either a sophomore or redshirt freshman. I think he's a redshirt freshman. I think he's a redshirt freshman. Um, but, but Johnny, as you know, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people remember, Memphis was, was recruiting they were pursuing him. him. He was here. Uh, I remember he was here for a visit. I don't remember if it was official or unofficial, but I remember him being at a game, seeing him at a game. Um, but he is the young man that, that, uh, only has one arm. His, uh, left 
arm ends yeah. at his elbow, uh, and is it's really incredible um, what he can do, and, and is a and good he player. Is very athletic. Extremely athletic and uh, is getting really good minutes. I don't know how many minutes he's averaging right now for Austin P, but he's certainly going to play, and, and we're going to be able to see him in that game. And so that'll be fun to watch. Yes, it will be, um, and see uh, see what this Tigers team can do. Austin P right now seven and seven on the year. Um, ESPN analytics matchup predictor give the Tigers a ninety three point four uh, chance to win the game, and uh, I'm trying to see if I can pull up their stats and, and see. Uh, Emmanuel Hansel is averaging 18 and a half points per, or uh, minutes per game, so okay. he's playing a lot. Um, so, so we'll we'll get to see him. That will be really, really fun. And that's good for him. Man. It really is. And their their leading scorer, uh, Demarcus Sharp, an, an older guy, um, a guy that uh, that that came here from Northwestern State last year and is playing, averaging 18.4 points per game. So, uh, a really good score. I believe he is leading them in points. Rebounds and assists. Oh Ooh. my gosh, I'm looking at their stats. This guy, uh, Demarcus Sharp, he's a senior for them, senior point guard, I believe. Leader That's impressive. In points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. All categories. All categories. He's leading this team now. I, that. That's very impressive. That's impressive. Might not be a good thing for the rest of the team, but it's that not. is but for him, it's good. impressive uh, that he is leading in every single category. So it uh, should be a, a good game for the Tigers to, to put another win in the books before they start conference play the following week. Uh, before we get to a break, uh, i got to tell you about Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean on the Historic Square in Carville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens and now with his wife Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. They've got western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, even rubber boots. Boots for every single occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. And from head to toe, they have you covered with every brand manageable like Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women. And it's not just the boots. They've got clothing options like jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the Square in Collierville or to their website, Hewlett Dunn. Dunn.com. If you're in the need for accessories, they've got that too. Hats, sunglasses, boot care products, and every area team snapback and cool hat you can think of. Whether it's the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks. Man, three of those teams are playing this weekend, so make sure you head out there because they've got you covered with hats for all of those teams. You can get one before going to cheer your team on. If you're heading somewhere uh, over the weekend or, or in the coming months, uh, their travel bag selection is top notch. Hewlettdunn.com, but please head out to Collierville, give them a visit, and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville. That's Hewlett and Dunn. Let's get to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Yeah. 
back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Johnny with you. we got less than 30 minutes left in today's show. we got a lot to talk about. During What's Trending, first thing I want to talk about, I just saw this on uh, Twitter and I wanted your thoughts on it. Uh, a couple things I actually saw on Twitter today that I want your thoughts on okay. concerning the NBA and NBA players. Um, talking about podcasts again and players with podcasts. I didn't know that Shaq has a podcast. Um, Big Pod with Shaq. I haven't heard of that. I, I haven't either, but I guess it's a podcast that uh, Shaquille O'Neal hosts, and uh, Udonis Haslam was on it, I guess their latest episode that might have come out today. Udonis Haslam states that 90% of NBA players wouldn't be capable of playing for the Miami Heat. Quote, I say maybe 10% of the league could survive in Heat culture. Well, that's a bold statement, but like... Brian, I know you heard how heat culture is um, because there was a – what was that? It's escaping my mind right now. I forgot the player. If I'm not mistaken, it was Udonis Haslam. How they have to obey certain rules and yeah. regu- regulations over there. And Pat Riley not going for certain things. Mm-hmm. You got to wear most 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 like a girdle. Right. Uh, you got to wear different type of things, ankle braces. And I can see what he's talking about from that aspect because – a lot of a lot of them guys are pros and they don't want to wear no ankle braces or uh-huh. or no girdle or nothing like that. That's that's like high not high school college type things. I can see what he's talking about from that aspect. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, everything I've heard about heat culture in their pregame, they they, I mean, take it they they treat it like it is college or high school where you know they go away and you know they are at a different location for you know this preseason camps and they do sprints and yeah and all this stuff that you probably wouldn't think about an nba team doing i don't know though if i would say that's a bold statement what do you say 40 percent of the league couldn't be a part of heat culture i mean maybe i don't it just seems like a lot i, mean, I don't know I understand, like heat culture means a lot to them and and to that franchise, but I don't know. But UD, I, uh, he's an unbelievable player and and person to just be around, and he's been around so long with with that uh, organization. So, I think I mean, he's talking about kind of like the guys, Brian, who 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 beats to their own drum, like sure. a James Harden sure. or like a Kyrie Irving or mm-hmm. somebody along that aspect. But still, there's they still pros, so right. I guess I, I see what he's talking about in a way. I saw earlier today uh, NBA star Macau Bridges Mikhail, says yep. he has eaten Chipotle, which I don't like Chipotle, and that's an argument oh, I get into with a lot of you people. You talking about the uh, the Knicks guard? Yeah, Macau Bridges yeah. Has said he has eaten Chipotle for ten years every or something. day for the last ten years. Got to be a lie. Gotta be like, Gotta be capped. I mean, he he missed one day. In well, there. he, and I'm he sure, missed a few days I'm, in there. I'm sure this has been. I, I haven't seen the actual clip. I'm sure this is being taken out of context, and he's just you know using hyperbole or something. But uh, he's using hyperbole for sure. I do not like Chipotle. Chipotle on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate it? Okay, so it's interesting because uh, I'm a Moe's guy. I love Moe's. Okay, I like Moe's too. I love Moe's. I think I'm actually getting Moe's tonight for dinner, speaking, okay. of, speaking of which. Um, but I tried Chipotle. So a bunch of my buddies in college loved going to Chipotle. And like late at night, they'd be like, oh, we got to go to Chipotle. And I'd be <laughs> like, eh, I'm good. I'll pass. And so then one opened close uh, to where I live, and I tried it out. 
And I didn't like it. Con- my little brother Connor loves it. He gets it all the time. I didn't like it. The rice has like lime juice o- o- over it or something like that. Yeah, the no- white rice. Not a fan of it. Uh, and so when I got a burrito, I was not a fan of it. Last time I went, I just got like tacos and I just had like chicken, cheese, and some like other a plain stuff on type. it. Yeah, but I, well, I just got it with like no rice. Like it would just be like how anybody else would get a taco. But they put rice on their tacos at Chipotle, I guess. I didn't get any rice on it. And it was much better. I'd give it like a three and a half. Chipotle's a five or a four. Like wow, five. so you're not a Chipotle fan either. It's, it's like, I think it's more Good. hype. More That's what hype. I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Um, but it's interesting. Um, we got the Pop-Tarts Bowl going on right now. Um, Ooh. The edible Pop-Tart mascot is, uh, I mean, it's certainly not edible. I don't know what's going to happen no at the end of the edible, game. That is no way edible, man. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a, a regular mascot that's a Pop-Tart. Um, but before the game started, I saw this... Um, Wow, I didn't know this. A little history of Pop-Tarts. Introduced in 1964, uh, and it was not called a Pop-Tart. I, it went off the screen. I, I was going to say what it was called, but it went off the screen. Maybe Tart. This is bad now. I don't know. Um, but before the game started, they brought out this giant toaster and had it at midfield. Really? And pops out the Pop-Tart mascot. And there's what? smoke and and, and <laughs> pyrotechnics and, and everything going these bowls, on. Man. Uh, yeah, these bowls are getting a little out of hand with what they do. I mean, we talked earlier the Duke's Mayo Bowl yesterday, where they poured uh, mayonnaise on the winning coach last night in the Direct TV uh, the Direct TV Holiday Bowl. Hey, they, man. they put it to a vote on social media of what should we dump on the winning coach's head, and I didn't see. I don't remember what all was on there, but eggnog won, and so eggnog was poured over Lincoln Riley's head last night. That's crazy. And I guess now at the Pop-Tarts Bowl, the winning team is going to eat the edible mascot, which that I think— Pop-Tart don't look edible. Jo- or, I almost called you, you are Johnny, but I, almost, I was, I was going to say John. Um, Johnny, I think we have been led astray <laughs> with this bowl because I'm starting to try to put some dots together— and I think, you know, when it when the first report came out, is we're going to have a Pop-Tart mascot, yeah, and at yeah, the end sure. of the game, it's going to turn into an edible mascot where the winning team will take a bite out of it. And now I'm starting to think, after seeing the trophy where it has two slots that you put Pop-Tarts in, I think they're just going to give the, the trophy to the winning team, and they're just there's going to be two Pop-Tarts in there, and the coach is going to take a bite out of the Pop-Tart. That's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be super underwhelming, and everybody's going to be disappointed. I've seen uh, a lot of people <laughs> on social media that are like, the only reason I'm watching the Pop-Tart Bowl right now is because I've got to see the, the pop, edible the mascot. mascot and them eat it. A- a- Avery Braxton just tweeted that out. Of I've got to, The only reason I'm watching this bowl is to see what happens with the edible mascot. I think, I think we're all going to be underwhelmed. I, we I, don't, are. I, don't, I don't think it's going to be anything exciting. by the look of it, I'm just seeing the reflection. That, that Pop-Tart mascot didn't look edible, man. But they, well, well, it cer- didn't look certainly edible. Not. It's it a, did it's, not look edible, man. I mean, I hate to crush your dreams, Johnny, but it's a guy in a suit. Man, I mean, that was not it's just edible, man. a regular man. mascot. But what they've got to do is they've got to find something fun to do. Maybe, what I'm thinking maybe, is he gets back into onto the toaster 
and he descends into the toaster like you would put a pop tart in a toaster. <laughs> yeah. Are you a pop tart in a toaster guy? I, I, I am. Not. Well, well, I've never depends. eaten a pop tart in a toaster. I ate that one time and it wasn't the best. The pop tart in the toaster? Yes, it's so over. You're not a pop tart in the toaster guy. You said it once. You had to make you a pop tart in the toaster guy. Uh, once. So I'm a disappointed. I, I haven't had it, but maybe he gets back on top of the the platform and he goes down into the toaster, yeah. and then what pops out is like a giant actual pop tart. Brian, I don't see how they're gonna make that happen, man. Well, they got the money for it, but Brian, well, these bowl I, games got to be creative, and that would be a creative thing to do. Brian, I am so disappointed, man, with this bowl right now because I'm thinking. How did they make the edible pop tart? How can they make somebody fit in it? That's what my mom was thinking. Now that I've seen this guy walk around in that suit, I am really disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Really, but it's, uh, it's a it's a fun game. Kansas State's up seven nothing over NC oh, man. State. Here we go. Um, and they just uh, ran a fake punt. Kansas State did and picked up the first down. Uh, so they're driving. Currently, uh, we've got some more games tonight. I think only one game after this. I, I kind of like what they're doing today. Last night, you had the two games going on at the same time last night, one on ESPN and one on Fox. Yeah, for sure. Today, we just have four games, and they're all on ESPN. So you can literally just leave your television on ESPN all day, and you'll see every single bowl game, which I kind of like. Amazing. Uh, and so later tonight, we'll have that big one that a lot of people have been talking about, Arizona and Oklahoma. Arizona is still a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Oklahoma. A lot of people talking about all the transfers, all the opt-outs for Oklahoma. Johnny, I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I, I, I'm looking at this. Um, you know, uh, me, and, me and John Harden were talking about it earlier, and he was pointing out the offensive line. They're missing guys. And you know, we were talking about it earlier. Today, you'll have... Senior, redshirt senior, redshirt sophomore, redshirt senior, sophomore playing on, they, so, they, on the they, offensive they line. They got a, a veteran group, a little veteran group in there. And then he was talking about the running back. I think they're going to have a couple running backs out. But Really? I didn't know that. But their leading rusher is still on the team and will be oh, playing. Oh, really? I didn't know that. They didn't lose a single receiver. All the receivers are playing. This Jackson Man, Arnold I probably should have cho- chose Oklahoma. I mean, I'm starting to think I should have picked Oklahoma. Now, I mean— we could be wrong. A lot of people are coming in on, uh, you know, embedding uh, Arizona. So it might be the right way to go, but that should be a fun game tonight. And then tomorrow, all eyes here locally will be on ESPN, hopefully at the game tomorrow in, in the building. That's why I'm, I'm kind of hoping, John, I, I, I don't know if we're supposed to say this or not. We don't have a lot of listeners tomorrow because I hope everybody is at the game tomorrow afternoon, Memphis and I'm Iowa I'm for State. filling up that Liberty Bowl, I man. am, too. Let's, I'm, make, let's make that a hard environment. I am pro-fill the Liberty Bowl. We should make, we should, make a hashtag. We, we should make a hashtag, fill um, the Liberty Bowl. But going back uh, to Jonah Dillon today was at the press conferences for, for both coaches and, and did a lot of good reporting. And, uh, you know, some things that, that he put out there, you know, Ryan Silverfield was talking about the seniors. For a lot of these seniors, today was the last practice they'll ever have. And for some of them, tomorrow will be the last time they'll wear a helmet. I tell them to have fun and enjoy this opportunity, and I bring that up because Jacob Likes is the big one that is going out. He's going to pursue the the NFL, and, and he's entering the, the draft, but he's going to be playing tomorrow. And this is yes, a hometown is. guy who has been at Memphis, but there's a lot of other guys um, that have put out, you know, Johnny, you've seen it on social media, yeah. guys that are saying, 
hey, I'm going to the draft, and next next stop, the draft, or whatever. But a lot of those guys are electing to stay and participate in this bowl game, which I think is huge for Memphis and to have those seniors stick around and play in this last game because it's something that you know you don't see a ton of in college football today. So I'm really excited to, to see these guys, and I hope that there's a big crowd um, of fans sending them off. Man, me too, man. And like you said, we— It's almost like a second senior day. Yeah, it is basically like a second senior day. But, like, you've seen it like I've seen it. Um, like Jalen Allen, he been here his whole career at mm-hmm. Memphis. Simeon Blair coming from Arkansas yeah. to being back in the Liberty Bowl. Okay, he played in the last That's game. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Kansas so, and Arkansas. So, last so year. he he been in here been in the Liberty Bowl bowl game before, mm-hmm. and they just got a, a great group of seniors, man, who who who's who just ready to be be sent out the right way, and hopefully they get the dub, man. Yeah, no. I and mean, fun fact, that's my birthday, so I need them sure to get the Sure is. Dub. Tomorrow's your birthday. A big day for you uh, in a lot of different uh, ways. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk uh, a ton about that game tomorrow. We're going to have our, our regular guests tomorrow afternoon, uh, but we'll also be keeping everybody who uh, you know can't make it out to that game, maybe can't watch it on TV. We'll be keeping everybody updated on what's going on in that game. A 2.30 kickoff on ESPN, uh, Memphis, and Iowa State. But tomorrow Tomorrow, I think a really good slate of bowl games. Clemson and uh, Kentucky start the day at 11 on ESPN. Right after that, uh, I guess during that game, Oregon State, Notre Dame, 1 o'clock on CBS will, will be a good one. Uh, Memphis and Iowa State, like we just talked about. And then to end the night, 7 o'clock on ESPN, Missouri and Ohio State. That's going to be a heck of a game. The Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl, like I was saying, that was my hat for anybody that was curious. I yeah, hit the, yeah. Uh, hit the microphone while I was looking at the uh, the games <laughs> that were being played tomorrow. I apologize for that. Uh, but no, it should be a really fun day. And that's going to lead into a great week in New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, you know, Ole Miss and Penn State going to start us off in the Peach Bowl on Saturday. It's going to be a, a really fun weekend. NFL on Sunday. And then Monday, uh, New Year's Day, the, uh, the college football playoff game. So um, we're really shaping up for an unbelievable sports week weekend but let's go ahead get to our final break of the day when we come back we're wrapping up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time start your day with sports 56 mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy weekday mornings from 7 to 10 right here on sports 56 and 98.5 FM now back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean Company in Collierville. Once again, here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three-cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. 
bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Johnny, what I learned today, uh, I learned a couple of things today. Okay. Uh, first in the NFL, uh, Jalen Waddle is expected to miss this weekend's game against the Ravens. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors and uh, and thought that he might miss the rest of the season, but with uh, two games left in the regular season, he is going to miss tomorrow's game. Uh, not clear if he'll be back for next week's game or not. I also learned today, uh, some big news on the quarterback scene, Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud, who's missed the last two games with a concussion, will play this weekend versus the Titans. Um, so that is a huge uh, return for the Texans Texans, a team that is clearly better when he's on the field. Man, hey, that's that's amazing. And one thing I learned today, Brian, is some sad news. Illinois guard Terrence Shan- Shannon Jr. have been suspended, Brian, for all yeah. team activities after a Douglas County in Kansas. District Attorney off- Office issued a warrant for his arrest on Wednesday, man. And that just that just some sad news, man. And and we gotta see what what more has to be involved in, in his whole situation. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I could have done without today. Uh, it broke uh, about four hours ago that uh, oh, Illinois. Oh, that's what you could have done uh, without. That's what I could have done without that Illinois has suspended all American candidate Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, after uh, he was charged with rape in Kansas, yeah. uh, stemming from an incident that took place in September. Um, just awful to see. I mean, uh, it's this is the. Second or third, um, you know, some situation yeah. like this that we've seen in sports just this year, um, and it is disgusting and, and it's sad. awful and sad. And uh, you know, hopefully uh, we get more information on this. But uh, you know, like you said, a warrant was issued um, for his arrest on on these charges. And uh, you know, I hope uh, if he is found guilty, obviously uh, you're innocent until proven guilty. But yes. if he is, uh, you know. Found guilty. I hope that uh, justice is served in this case. Yes, man. I hope justice is served as well. One thing I could have done without you, we talked about it earlier, and I even told you you took it. Man, it's Chandler Parson mm. and this whole over-exaggeration about yeah. John Moran doing th- his little dance. That dance come from Louisiana. Mm. It's not It's not even about guns or nothing like that. It's about having fun. So I just feel like that... It was just unnecessary, and it's just another way to just slander his name in a way. Yeah. So that's what I could have done without. Where are you beaming today, tonight, whatever time it is? <laughs> Thursday night football, man. Okay. That's what I'm beaming at. Uh, no, you know what? Scrap. Well, I'm going to beam into Thursday night football, but I also got to beam into the Pop-Tart Bowl. I got to see what's going to happen. Happens. I got to see what happened, Brian. Where are you beaming at? I'm going to beam uh, tonight to this. I'm going to beam two places if I can. 8 p.m. tonight, Arizona and Oklahoma in what should be a really, really fun bowl game. We'll see uh, what Oklahoma can do with some of the... The, uh, some of the injury, or excuse me, some of the opt-outs and transfers that they have with their team. Somewhere else I want to beam tonight, big game on ESPN2, so you know, if you're watching ESPN, you can just go back and forth from ESPN and ESPN2. USC and Oregon on the hardwood tonight on ESPN2. That's going to be a good one. Both these teams start Pac-12 play. Uh, USC has really struggled to start the year, but Bronny James is back, a guy um, that's giving them good minutes off the bench, um, but they, they've 
taking some losses that uh, I think surprised a lot of people. They're going up against a good Oregon team tonight. Uh, 19 college basketball games tonight. We're getting uh, back to, to a lot of these teams back in action. Uh, after this NC State-Kansas State game, only one bowl game tonight. A handful of, of some fun basketball games, including Grizzlies and Nuggets tonight. We still don't know if John Morant will play or not. And then, of course, Thursday night football, Jets and Browns that we'll have in about 30 seconds. That's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. We'll do it again tomorrow.